Hello and welcome back to our fifth podcast. My name is Ray and I'm here with Lulu and Anna to conclude and hopefully find a solution to overuse of smartphones and other devices. Um, this is an important issue because almost everybody carries around a smartphone in their pocket or actually on their hands because it seems that the device is glued to their hands. Um, <laughs> smartphones are useful for everyday life but they are damaging to, it's damaging to our health and relationships with one another. Um, smartphones are our best communication tools, period. That's what I believe. But why do, do many people have this active impulse to check their phones multiple times a day? Actually, no, wait, per minute. Just to check <laughs> notifications from social media, emails, calls, or text messages. Um, to me, it seems that smartphones are a substitute for face-to-face communication, and that's the way I see it every day. So my question is, to what extent do you guys agree or disagree with this issue? Can there be a solution to this? So what are your thoughts? Um, so me, for this podcast, I really struggled finding articles, relevant articles that gave good alternatives to using technology on your phone. And I could not find any good ones. So I think that alone is an issue. But to answer your question, I feel like a lot of people are glued to their phones because it gives them something to do. When they're bored, they go on their phone um we you know this generation has gotten so used to having their phones and like easy access to it that we don't tend to think or even want to do anything other than be on your phone um I think it requires a lot of self-reflection and like like a little wake-up call to be like okay I need to do something other than be on my phone and just stimulate my mind a lot of people don't are not that aware and, uh, and then honestly a lot of people don't even care <laughs> a lot of people are not going to care they're they probably don't think that this is an issue because technology is so easily accessible and then to find a solution I feel like that's going to be very difficult because technology is only going to advance more from here so the more that it advances and the more access that, it, that we have to it, I think the more difficult it's going to be to find different alternatives to not be on it so much. How incredibly realistic for you, Anna, to go out of your way and suggest that, look, we're, we're talking about something that most people or a majority of people don't even acknowledge is necessarily an issue in their own lives. So, so to think about switching gears into problem solving solutions, it's really hard to find solutions for something that we haven't actually acknowledged is a true national and a global issue at play. So I think that's excellent that you note that off the bat here at play. And also to circle back just to the absolute like the very extreme and ridiculous nature of um phone and technology over usage did you guys know i'm linking this in 
for our references that there's actually something called phantom phone syndrome and it's people are so glued and addicted to receiving like the dopamine high that a notification brings that people brains have started to play tricks on them based on how the brain has been rewired to constant technology usage to the point where someone will think that their phone is ringing or vibrating when it isn't even actually at all there's nothing Mm -hmm. happening with the phone but because it's become such a reflex in us we've conditioned ourselves to live and breathe through the technological ether it's really important that we talk about like this is almost a ridiculous problem that we have where we we literally even our self our subconscious and our unconscious mind is having a hard time disconnecting right now and so we're here today to talk about the reality of this issue at hand albeit we've acknowledged and we will continue to acknowledge that technology has so many wonderful benefits to interconnect and to educate our people. However, at the end of the day, if we are not using this tool as a tool, it will become weaponized in our own lives. So right now, today, we are here talking to you um, in an effort to acknowledge the potential prevention techniques and prevention techniques to you know, hope and help that people won't get stuck in these addictive tendencies, as well as how to troubleshoot when somebody does find themselves stuck in this uh, addictive tendency cycle. So um, just to lay it out, we're really, we're going to be honest here, we have some ideas for solutions, but it's, this is a problem that's much bigger than just the three of us and our control. Very well said. Thank you for that. Um, I think if we really want to get down to prevention, I think it has to start with adolescents, people who have not had that much exposure to it. Um, I think preventing it is very important because it's a lot easier to prevent it than to already develop the habit and then try to um quote unquote cure it because you know it's an addiction it's it's very very hard to um, rewire your nervous system your subconscious to not reach for your phone or not think about let me check my social media and think about alternative things and I think something that's very difficult is that it's very very easy to just grab your phone and scroll People are getting a lot lazier and (laughs) do not want to be active and do not want to socialize more. And so I think it's very important to to emphasize prevention. But then, you know, we can also try to find solutions to those that have already developed the habit. Absolutely. To echo you, the best case scenario here for success is prevention, is the easiest way to go about how to treat this in the grand scheme of things. Ray, I think I heard your voice. Are you there? Were you going to say something? (laughs) Yes, I was about to say that smartphones are the new drug. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I mean, it's like, it's, I mean, everybody's addicted to it, you know, (laughs) 
and that's something that it's it's gonna take a while for people to actually you know you know um face their addictive behavior you know so let's talk about what it means to use technology in a healthy manner and when does that boundary line start to blur and become unhealthy and dysfunctional because we want to talk about where this sort of obsessive tendency kicks in and where is it really just okay you know because it's part of your work life or your school life or your social life so like for instance um our group like if we're starting at the bare bones if we're starting at the ground floor if we're talking about young children um specifically according to the research study we have here from two to five-year-olds, the the American Academy of Pediatrics suggests that there must be a limit to a maximum of one hour per day, no more for children under five years old. So after one hour, according to the study, that's when it starts to become problematic. Um, So like, how how does one draw the line, do you think, guys? Do you think that we should draw the line based on just quantity, the amount of hours, perhaps also in addition to when somebody starts to slack in all the other areas of their life because of their obsessive tendency? Um, like, where do, you, where do you think um, we should start by drawing those lines? Well for, well, for children between the ages of two and five, that's... I mean, it should be at least limited to one hour per day. I mean, it, that's, I mean, that's what it's recommended. That should be good. But you know that once a child sees TV or any other devices, it's not going to be one hour, especially if the parent is strict. You know that child is going to be crying if, if, if the kid wants to continue watching TV or continue watching their, their, or playing video games, things like that. So in order for, for the child to stop crying or nagging or, you know, whatever, you know, the parent will actually, okay, here, here, one more hour. And that will be a habit and it continues a habit, habit, habit. So, so it depends, the, it depends on the parent also, you know. So we have to have parents that know not only know how to set boundaries, but how to keep them. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's really easy for you to, you know, oh, wow, if I let my kid watch a little bit more TV, well, then I can get a little bit extra work done. And then I can have even to myself and all these things that sort of snowballs. And it's like, well, it's really easy to think that it's such an innocent thing to decide, okay, I'll let little Jimmy or Tina, you know, you know, crank out a few extra episodes of the TV show they like. But at the end of the day, that becomes an accumulative issue. So it's like, okay, so we really need to be sure that parents have enough of a backbone to positively reinforce, you know, the rules in the household and um, not be a pushover and, and find ways to engage their child in something else that isn't to the screen. It might not be as easy and low effort, but that's not really the point of having kids. It's not supposed to be mm-hmm. easy or low effort. Yeah, and um, same thing with uh, teenagers, 13 and, I think 13 and 16. 
I mean, their recommendation is like two hours per day. So, you know, and it, for, I mean, it's a fact that that's, they, they spend more than just two hours per day. You know, Let's see. Yeah. Average amount of screen time for teenagers, United States. Let's get a statistic going here, a base point. Um, according to this particular resource, which we will link in, um, it, according to a, a compilation of studies, peer-reviewed studies, um, that were circulating around in 2019, um, according to major news outlets that actually reported this compilation of studies, the average screen time for teenagers 13 and up is seven hours per day. And this was in 2019. Oh so if we're talking about... Yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there you go. So that's not all too unfamiliar for us growing up of age in this, in this era as well. That sounds familiar, that amount of time. It yeah. seems much more familiar for me to have spent, you know, maybe around five hours a day than it was one to two at that age. So if we're talking about baseline here, all of the recommended amounts of screen time for the age groups we have listed in our research is very unrealistic given just the fact that you go into the grocery store and there's a screen, you go into school, there's a screen, you go into the restaurant and there's a football game playing on the background. It's like, even if you yourself consciously didn't put yourself in front of a computer during the day, you're still going to be exposed to it. Yeah. So like the problem continues to spiral out of control. <laughs> like we yeah. need to act quickly. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> only getting more technologically based. <laughs> Yeah, and then more new devices, you know, it's, it's it gets addicted, you know. I mean, you have the, those uh, 3D goggles. Have you seen those? Oh, the virtual reality. Yeah, the goggles. virtual reality. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I've seen, like, uh, friends that have that. It's They're addicted to it, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, constantly hours and hours playing those video reality shows. I mean, games, not shows, games. <laughs> So here's where we're at. We're looking at a problem that seems seemingly solutionless. It seems like we can, it seems like we can treat it, but it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to cure it. So what we're here today is to present to you a, the reality of the fact that like, if you're going to have children, if you yourself are a human on this planet, even without children, you need to a acknowledge and be aware of the fact that it's way too easy to spend a dysfunctional amount of time on the screen, dysfunctional meaning you begin to forsake other activities just to be connected online uh, and you start to slack in other areas of your life. Like we, the best thing that we can offer our listeners here today is the acknowledgement of the problem in real time and the conscious effort of engaging in and checking in with yourself each time you're using the technology and start accumulating a tally and a quantitative understanding of the amount of time you and your family spends on the TV because really this is a problem that only you in your own household can address. No one can solve this issue for you. However, you can help solve this issue for your children. But um, really like is, is there a reason that your child or you yourself are clinging to technology so much? Are you trying to address, you know, social 
connection deficits in your life? Are you, are you trying to escape from trauma or difficulty in the day? Do you hate your job? Do you have really dysfunctional relationships at home? And the only place that you can run to and turn it all off and away is in technology land. Like what is the root of the issue here? And Anna mentioned earlier, it could be that there's not enough mental stimulation in the day for people. They're too bored. You know, they're not doing enough meaningful things with their life. So they're just letting the day pass them by. And so, so we, we so need to find the issue, the root cause here. What were you going to say, Ray? So pretty much what they're doing, they're escaping their reality. A lot of escapism at play here. I think that's part of the reason why technology is so prevalent and also that it's just so easy and fun to use like the bright lights are so distracting the way that our mind responds to bright fast moving pictures is unlike any other stimulus that most children and people come into contact with so of course when you turn off the tv and you give your your kid a chess set to play with it's gonna be a buzzkill you know so you Mm -hmm. you got to set yourself up for success understanding that there is a level of entertainment that is not to be had with any other thing that we know of um so we're just gonna have to you know be truthful about it there's nothing quite entertaining like technology (laughs) yeah so yeah we need to really make sure that we are um that we're address. I think the two things, bringing awareness into your day and asking yourself, is there a root issue here that I am trying to self-soothe or that my child is trying to self-soothe by way of using technology? Because really, again, I think there's root causes. Boredom, or we think, we think that there's root causes. Boredom, um, escapism, you know, mm-hmm. So many mental health disorders, you know, all these, like maybe you're depressed and it's, it, you know, it's a, a jolt of dopamine that you need in your day. Maybe you like to stay updated with, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, all of the popular um, celebrities of the world. You want to feel interconnected to what's going on around you and the people in your um, community. So it's like, there's so many reasons of why, but asking why I think is really important right now. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I mean, what you mentioned right now is good to know and, you know, be connected and everything. It's a good thing. But it's, it's excessively always being connected to your phone is way too much. That's the only thing. You know, it's fine in being updated with, with your peers, but to be on your phone constantly, nonstop, all day, that's, it's, it's, it's bad, you know. well bad I appreciate that you're saying bad it might not be in someone's best interest and in the grand scheme of things in the best interest for our entire community because we're only as strong as our weakest link as they say um so yes I think bad is fair to say um but we again we acknowledge that it's not only bad that there are good things about technology but really we're we're talking about it from an overusage perspective. We're already assuming that you're coming here to tune in because of the problems of overusage. 
I mean, there's a whole controversy going on of whether it's even addiction or not. Some people call it overusage. Some people call it an addiction. Some people call it obsessive compulsive tendencies because it's not necessarily a drug, um, Mm -hmm. like something you inhale or consume the jury's out if it can quote quote be addictive but it does seem like like if we were here arguing today uh in front of some sort of committee i would vouch for saying that i think um again guys speak up if you disagree but i think most of us on this podcast are in an agreement if not all of us that we do see this as an addictive disorder based on the fact that there's withdrawal symptoms there's you know forsaking other things in your day and for mm-hmm. having this this boost of dopamine, like you know, you'll let your your due dates of work uh, and school pass you by just so that you can watch the shows that you want to watch, or you might like cancel really important plans so you could stay home and you know catch up on your latest season of you know Breaking Bad or whatnot. So it's like, yeah. you know, oh man, we it. I would say that although it's not technically classified as addiction in every book it does borderline on the fact of addictive tendencies the template of what an addictive tendency is as well as it does release chemicals in our body when we're using technology i.e dopamine and serotonin and even oxytocin all the happy hormones from all of the internet attention and Mm -hmm. um and so, yeah, and, and again, like, and once you take it away, you cut it out of your life, you feel its emptiness, you feel the void of it. So I do think that it's not off base to suggest it is on the, the borderline of addiction here. So um, call it what you want to call it, but it, sure, it, it surely acts and breathes and moves very similarly to an addiction However, again, it is not an, um, based on something you, you're consuming it mentally, but no, you're not eating it, but okay. Let, let me know where you guys are at. Would you consider it an addiction at this point? Yes, I do. I definitely do. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And nothing can change my mind about that. <laughs> She's clear. Definitely an addiction. I mean, you, you see it everywhere, you know, like, okay. If you go to a grocery, uh, you grocery shopping, right? You go to the store. And, and believe me or not, you see like 98% of the shoppers are on their phones shopping. <laughs> Why? <laughs> like for me, I'll walk in, walk out. I go what I, what I need, grab it, and go. I'm not <laughs> on my phone <laughs> at all. If You're not I, hanging out? No, if, if I have my, my phone on my hand, it's because I have my list of what I need. That's it. Mm-hmm. I'm not texting. I'm not on social media. I'm not watching sports or anything else. That's it. I'm glad you cleared that up so someone can't make a smear campaign of Ray caught in the act looking at his <laughs> phone at the grocery store. <laughs> and then same thing, same thing at the gym. The gym is the worst place to work out, period. Because every, <laughs> you cannot work out because everybody is on their phones. Like, what if I want to use a machine, like, like, if I want to use a machine, there's one person sitting down on the social media or texting. You know, that's, I mean, you come to the gym to work out, right? Yeah. I used to. <laughs> people go to the gym 
to be um, to be on the bus. Why? So why why bother getting up in the morning, going to the gym, driving to the gym, and then sit there and be on your phone? You know, it's like, come on. It's like you come to the gym to work out. That is your time. That is your, for me, that is me time, you know. You and also out. people needing to be respective, respectful of sharing the space with others. It sounds like people are being a little bit unthoughtful of, you know, what could be precious time for someone else using that equipment is now being completely overtaken by someone just scrolling through the gram, you know. Um, you know, so it's frustrating. That sounds like a very uninspiring and inefficient atmosphere if people are, you know, not, not going there and doing what they're supposed to do. Um, so again, so it's like, okay, it's really easy. It's, it's not hard at all for us to go. This seems like addictive tendencies. People are getting tunnel vision. They literally can't leave their house without it and do a simple task. Um, we've all been there when we go to a social outing and people are more distracted by their phones than they are by engaging with the people around them. And that's also very frustrating. Um, so we're, we're okay and we're comfortable with saying that we feel that this is an internet addiction and we're going against some of the books who are claiming that it would be considered an internet addiction disorder. And we're formalizing it right here, right now. The team tech addicts are going out on a limb. <laughs> we're saying we propose that it be seen as an addiction so that we can move forward in addressing it like so. And if that's, if that's what we, you know, if that's what we can offer the community, then I think we've done a service because we're calling it like it is. We're calling it out like it is. Exactly. I agree with that. <laughs> so guys, so wrap it up, yeah, please, Anna, please, please continue. So I was just going to say to wrap it up, we've addressed that it is an addiction, even if the quote unquote officials haven't labeled it an addiction. We know that it is an addiction. Um, right now, there's very little solutions to it. So I think the main issue that we can do right now is um, just prevention. Mm -hmm. And then just acknowledging that it is an addiction and it is something that will probably always be a problem. And unfortunately, we don't have a solution, a clear solution that we can give to people, but just to be actively aware of your usage of technology and just, you know, the best we could do is really give advice, you know, try yeah, to go out more often. Mm -hmm. Go mm -hmm. for it. No, please. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to jump. No, it's okay. Go for it. I was just going to say, you know, partly we can't offer a solution because this is a new issue at play. And, you know, a lot of it's a lot of prevention based techniques that are offered online, you know, of how to restrict screen time boundaries and, you know, make sure it's not too accessible and all these things. But really, also another reason we can't offer a solution because it's in you it's within you yeah. the viewer the listener to take it upon yourself and like anna said acknowledge that there is a precarious tightrope walk between functional technology use and dysfunctional technology over usage 
And only you yourself will know where to draw that line between your work life and your academic life and your social life and what have you. So, you know, we can't solve this problem for you, but we can get a movement going and say, you know what, wake up, pay attention, read the clock for yourself okay. and for your kids. <laughs> And don't let that four hours of watching TV slip you by without you realizing it. And if it does, what are you going to do about it now that you see that it can happen so easily to you too? Like Anna said, get outside, get some sunshine, go meet a new friend, go, you know, we need to make sure that we're not just living in augmented reality because real life is going to pass us by real quick if we don't remind each other how important it is to stay present in the moment. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here with us, folks. This concludes our fifth and final podcast. And I uh, just want to give, give a big shout out and a big thank you to my wonderful group yeah. members. They've been a pleasure to work with every step of the mm -hmm. way. And um, thanks so much for being here, guys. Thank you. Of course. Thank you.